If you have ever felt like you want to start some kind of small business or ministry, I need you to listen up before we get into the episode with Sarah and Mary. For the last three years, I have had the opportunity to coach women who want to use their God-given gifts to impact others as well as their own families and make a change in their path. Some of them already know what they're going to do, what they want to get into, but others need more mindset coaching to figure out the what and the why. But they all have something in common. They want more time freedom and a way to make money without sacrificing time with the people they love. So in one-on-one coaching, I've had the chance to help make that a reality for dozens of women. But there's only one me. So over the last six months, I've been working on a way to make that experience accessible to more people. And that is how the Find Your Thing workshop was born. Now I have this streamlined, effective guide available to the dreamers and the creators and the hard workers. You don't need experience, expertise, or plans, just an open heart and some self-awareness. And Find Your Thing is the guide to finding your God-given gift and what area of online business you can step into with it. The doors to Find Your Thing close at midnight on Friday. You can visit thegirlnameblake.com slash F-Y-T for more information and to sign up. You can shoot us an email if you have a question. Uh, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake. And every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Oh my gosh, you guys, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having us, Blake. We're so excited to be here. Yes, we're excited. This might be my first mother-daughter duo. Really? Wow, Amazing. what a blessing. Which well, is we're crazy. really blessed. Yeah. <laughs> podcast has been around for a minute now, and I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm pretty sure you are, which I love because y'all wrote a book together. You have a ministry that y'all are working in. It's a it's a family affair. It's not even just yeah. the two of you. Everybody is on this book. Yeah. And I love that. Raising families the Jesus way, biblical insights for godly parenting and shaping future generations. Welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about yourselves and about how this book came about. Yeah. Well, yeah, let me let me start. I'm Mary and we're so excited. We've done ministry for lots of years. My Our whole family has been together, ministering together. We started out, my husband and I knew each other in, in high school and then got saved at different times. And then we served together in ministry and we just have a love and a passion for family. But the way that this came about is my husband's a pastor. And so we ministered for lots of years and ministering. I have my master's in, in counseling. And ministering to parents in, in the church, or, or even if I had people come and see me outside the church, I just seen that there was such a need for the whole unit of the whole family. It wasn't just about children. It wasn't just about parents. It was about the whole unit. And, mm. and so that I think the Lord's been preparing for years about this. And then with my daughter, 
went to college, she was like, I, I don't know what to major in. I really love helping people and I really love pouring out. And so she got her master's in counseling too. So all of us together serve their worship leaders. My daughter is a worship leader. My son is a worship leader and went to college and, and my son is an engineer and a musician and loves to serve. So basically we've always served together. And so I think this came from a passion for family mm -hmm. and the Lord orchestrating it all for us to pour into this book and really the need to help other families raise family the Jesus way. It's not about raising family the Garcia way, but yeah. raising families the Jesus way. Mm -hmm. You know, that he has all the answers for everything. And so we're excited. That's how that came about. Yeah. And they grew up, actually, My both my parents grew up from broken childhoods. Yes. And they were the first in their families to get saved. So when they got married, they didn't really have role models to look up to. Like, mm -hmm. how do we do this parenting thing? How do we yeah. raise, you know, strong, healthy kids that love the Lord? And so mm -hmm. they look to the word. They look to mm -hmm. uh, the word to guide them and the Holy Spirit to guide them to how to, to raise mm -hmm. kids. But for me, my history is like what my mom uh, said. I, um, I have a twin brother, obviously, he's uh, one of the authors in the book as well. But I did have a passion for helping people um, and really pouring out and discipling. I, I've always worked with like small groups, like high school girls. And and so I decided to major in counseling. And and I'm one of those people where I like I don't like Band-Aid fixes. Like I like to like <laughs> get down to the root, like you know, like not your Libra, let's get to the nitty gritty. <laughs> I was literally just thinking of that. Thinking quote. Of that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so I was like, I want to major in counseling because I want to just like see like why do people do what they do? Like what's like the like the the background, the history, and and learn like behavior and all the things about the psyche. And so my major was psychology obviously counseling but it was also it was a it was a cool major i went to a private christian university where they show you how to counsel with the bible so it was mm -hmm. um, biblical counseling and so that gave me a firm foundation on the word of god and when the lord put this on our hearts to write this book we were like we have to include all the things that we learned in school and all from the counseling counseling families as a unit together and where we can just not treat symptoms and behavior mm -hmm. like we kind of say in this book in a humorous way where it's this book is not your top 10 tips to tame temper tantrums yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we actually get to the root and we focus on the parents mm -hmm. because the parents you, your kids won't do what you say they'll do what you model so mm -hmm. that's how we incorporate like the first half of the book and that's a little bit of our background we were counselors mm -hmm. and we just have a passion for family as as a whole. When we got the the pitch to have y'all on the show, admittedly, we get a lot of parenting family pitches. And when we got y'all's, we were kind of starting to be a little more picky because the calendar was starting to fill. And at first I was like, I, I don't want to have another parenting conversation. Like they're all <laughs> the same. But I like I do my own deep dives on the requests that we get. And when I started deep diving into raising families the Jesus way, and you just touched on this. I was like, this isn't a Band-Aid. This isn't yeah. behavior modification. Yeah, right. And I think it's one of the first parenting books I've seen that is a parenting book. It's not a child management <laughs> tool, yes. right? Yeah. It's yeah. let's get to the root of why you do what you do. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how that impacts your children instead of how to get your kids to stop doing what gets on your nerves. Yes. You summed it up perfectly, Blake. Yeah. And it's so funny because people would ask me off and on, you know, you should write a parenting book. And I know there's too many parenting books. And and our church had a bookstore. So we had tons of parenting books. I would be checking them in, putting them, there's another one, there's another one. And I would, I kept saying, I am not writing a parenting book. And my mom, before she passed to go to heaven, she says, I really feel in my spirit. God's telling me you need to write this book. It's just a judge of blessing to see my son and daughter mm. after growing up, even in a pastor home and also going to college and with a lot of things could happen in college and that they're out and back and walking with, with God on fire. So, oh. so people that know us and people that endorse our books know us that you, you got to write it because as much as Sarah, Sal needs to write something, our son, because there's a lot of guys, you know, that just play video games all day long. <laughs> they don't, you know, just Do things that insights from him and insights from a dad yeah. that has, had a ministry and didn't neglect his children. Yeah. And he had, we self-supported ourselves in ministry too. So he had a, he's a contractor. So, you know, like, how could you do that? So we're, we're not a perfect family, perfect children or anything. And we talk about the mistakes we've made. We just wanted to say, gosh, you know, let's go back to what Jesus says in his yeah. word. Like she said, talk about our experiences, some of them, but mainly we talk about what God says about family. And so it's such a blessing to to be able to do that in this book. It's exciting. And we did get a lot of spiritual warfare before <laughs> during the whole time of it because the enemy doesn't like it. Yeah. He doesn't like family. And he's attacking our nation, our family, our schools. And so I know it's such a time as this, this book comes out is when there's so much going on in family, so much going on in parents and children and our passion is just to go back to what God says and he will bless it. It yeah. doesn't have to be this like, oh my God, you know, I just kept hearing over and over. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. And no, it's the joyful thing that we could enjoy our, our life together as a family and raising children. So, yeah, I will say my, my parents say that like how thankful they are that they're not raising kids when we are. Mm -hmm. yes. I mean, we are, and, and every generation is up against a new set of challenges and issues, but it does seem like every generation, you know, I mean, my eight-year-old is going to be a weirdo mm -hmm. because she's not going to have a phone and social media and yeah. she's innocent. And she's like, maybe considered a little bit immature compared to some of her classmates, but in, I'm like, in the grand scheme, is she immature or is everybody else over mature, right? Because yeah. we've, we've protected her from what, you know, the world is trying to shape these kids as. And so I, that's part of why I love that this is a generational conversation because yeah. like Mary, you raised children that are yes. going to hopefully one day raise children yes. in a different world, but the same truths right. stay true, right? Like, right. Mm -hmm the same root problems stay the root problems and the same truths to meet those stay the same as well. Yes. And there's a lot of stresses with parents right now saying no, no, but even grandparents are saying, yeah, I didn't raise children like you guys are. But what we like to, to share with families, you don't have to be stressed because 
even though culture changes and things change. Nehemiah is a perfect example that there was so much going on during that time. And he wanted to build a wall and he was telling the people, fight for your families, you know, so there was things going on then. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what we could rest on that even though culture is changing and what what have you is going on around the world that we just know God's the same and his principles don't change. Like you just said, we just go back to what Jesus says. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about like treating symptoms versus going to the root of what's going on, because we kind of like jokingly talked about how a lot of books are symptom treaters and Sarah, you were talking about like that that was really your drive behind getting into counseling was I don't want Band-Aid fixes. I want to figure out what's really going on with people Mm -hmm. when it comes to parenting. And I realize this is a huge question that (laughs) could probably be an entire podcast episode of its own. But have y'all found in your research that there are similarities in the root issues of like behaviors and parenting problems? Yeah. Because I think parents can feel like, it's so much. There's so many things that I'm up against. Yeah. Whereas in my parenthood experience, I'm like, there really are just a handful of roots. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I can talk about that yeah. for a little bit. So we we're passionate about that again because we're counselors, but also I'm I'm passionate about getting to the root because I've experienced it on the flip side when it regards to my to my health, where I was going through some health issues. And I would go to the doctor and then they would kind of just like throw some pharmaceutical meds at me (laughs) and be like, okay, you're trying to get me on a whole different rabbit trail. Okay. (laughs) And they would say, oh, you know, like that will treat the symptom. But I'm like, but that's not going to get to the root. Can you help me? Like, I I wasn't like this a few months ago. How did I get like this? How can we get actually down to the root and, and, and heal? Yeah. And so that got me on a whole journey of just like, Man, it's so important. Generationally, when we're talking about generational, I, there's a, a chapter in a book where we talk about, uh, I'm going to tell my kids. Mm. And it's kind of playing off of that meme, that social media meme, where it's like, I'm going to tell my kids that Danny DeVito is baby Yoda or something yeah. like, you know, yeah. funny. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> or Elon Musk is the, you know, like the Iron Man. Yeah. But it's saying like, you know what, it's, it's being aware of generational things that you've seen in your parents, that you see in yourself that you don't want your kids to repeat. Yeah. And being like, first of all, the awareness of it. Okay. There, I have an anger issue or I seen that there's some selfishness or pride. And I've seen that with my parents and I don't want that to continue. I don't want it to be passed on, you know, yeah. through learn in a learned environment to for my kids. I, I want to nip it in the bud. And so first, the first step is just being aware, being aware of it. If you want to go to counseling or even, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is such an amazing counselor too. When you just open up the word, when you're in prayer, you're like, is there anything in my heart that I'm not even aware of that is that my kids are picking up on that or they will pick up on? Mm-hmm. And so sitting down with your spouse and talking about things of like, what are some patterns that you've seen in your grandparents or your parents, whether even we can talk about like pornography, we can talk about sexual Mm -hmm. addiction, we can talk about different things, anxiety, pessimistic thinking, you know, let's talk about it because we need healing. Mm -hmm. And it's all about doing the hard work. Parents, it's, it's about doing the hard work on yourself. 
Yeah. It, it, it takes hard work to heal. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And so whether, you know, again, like if you want going to see a therapist or, or, um, different things about like really getting the hard work done. But first of all, it, it takes the conversation with you and your, your spouse, or even if you're single Yeah. and you want to, you, you're like, I'm going to prepare, I'm going to get down. I'm going to like do the hard work on myself. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of things that you could do, but it's just for the first step is aware mm-hmm. and getting to the root and saying that I don't want to pass this down to my kids. Yeah. I want to yeah. add to that. Yes. It's so like Sarah says, identify what is going on. And if there's any strongholds or any issues going on, and then focus on your child's behavior. So the root would be is to, instead of saying the behavior, where's that coming from? I'll give a quick example, two kids, you know, and I write this, uh, we write this on the book. They're both playing with a toy instead of walking up and saying, who had it first? (laughs) You know, okay. If Sarah had it first, you get to play with it. That's not dealing with the root of the problem. That is saying, you know, like, okay, well you had it first. You, you deserve it first. Instead of saying, uh, you're both wrong. And they both say I had it first. So you're both, there's something wrong with sweetie. There's uh, both of you. There's something wrong with that. We need to share. Right. And so you're getting to the root uh, and that's hard to do as parent because, you know, you just want to fix the the behavior problem. The you need to share. Problem. You, right. Yeah. You don't just yeah. say you need to share. So that that's this just basically the behavior, but you need to say, and then when you bring up your, the heart the to the heart. child, it's like, you know, you, okay, let's do yeah. selfishness. You you just dealt with selfishness. Say the first one, right. I got it first. I should be first because I got it first. No, you know, you got it first, but share with your brother. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know? And so to get to the root of what's going on in their hearts, because with every problem, there's an issue of the heart. At the heart of every problem is a problem of the heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I say that in the yeah. book, say it with me together. And I would yeah. say it to myself, you know, while they were growing up and it was hard with twins. Oh, you know, they were both at the same toddlers at the same time, and teenagers at the same time. It, it was, but the Lord is, he's so amazing preparing us all the years, yeah. you know, and the progression of this book is dealing with those generational strongholds in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to the heart of your kids, yeah, yeah, uh, training them, going, speaking in heart language, and and making them aware of, oh, like that's selfishness. Oh, that's mm-hmm. like pride. that's pride. Oh, that's um comparison, and and showing them that these are states of your hearts, and right. it's not behavior modification; it's heart transformation. Right, and this requires so much introspection and intentionality from parents that I know that there are parents that are listening that are like, I'm already so tired. (laughs) How am I supposed to like get more intentional or dig into this more? And I, I totally get that. That to me leads to the conversation of generational strongholds, right? Like what matters? Does it this is going to sound harsh, but is it more important to you to be comfortable now? Yes. And have the generations essentially pass you by and keep looking the way they've always looked. Right. Or like, do you want to be a part of change? And the hope is in healthy familial structures that you can look back and see 
strongholds that your parents broke. Yeah. They're going to break all of them. I'm not going to break all of them. My kids aren't going to break all of them. Right. But the hope is, is that you break some of them so that you're handing less off to your kids to break one day. With each generation, you see just getting better by better, but it does like what you're saying, Blake, it takes every day. You never notice how selfish you are until you get married. You never know how selfish you are until you have kids. Like (laughs) it just seems like, wow, there's so much selfishness in me, but it takes that daily dying to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like every day you're like, Lord, I die to myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I die to myself and help me to put other needs above my own. Help me to, even though I'm tired, set aside that time to have at least, at least 20 minutes of day, a, a day where I can have intentional one-on-one time with my kid and just be like, yeah. what do you want to do? 20 minutes. Let's like, what do you want to do? Let's yeah. do it. And investing in them and having them see that, wow, my parents really care for me. And they even care enough to, to confront me about. Right. And I think that that is largely like as a millennial mother, and I am like the millennial mother stereotype what? in conversations, you know, with my friends, our generation doesn't and and I'm making some generalizations, but our generation doesn't struggle so much with the like being intentional with our kids and getting down on the floor and playing with them. But we have a hard time with the calling out of the sin and the, Mm -hmm. the going to the heart because a lot, like, I think a lot of us grew up with like harsher parents, more discipline based or like legalistic homes, especially if we grew up like evangelically conservative. And so we, it's really easy. And it's so funny. I'm literally actively having this conversation with my mom friends where it's like, okay, we've broken one, like, right. Like we've broken a stronghold of not playing with our kids or passing them over. Right. Cause our parents are like one generation away from children are seen and not heard. Yeah. So there was definitely still some of that. But now we're like, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, when I talk about it with my friends, I'm like, dang it, am I raising assholes? Like, <laughs> am I like not getting, am I like loving them too much where I'm like not calling out? And my husband and I have literally been having that conversation lately where I think for a, a parents our age, it's al- we've almost let it become easier to not discipline, yeah. to not call out the behavior. Yeah. And that's like gentle parenting and all of that stuff yeah. too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're so right, Blake, because millennial parents nowadays is they might've grown up with like, you know, harsh parenting. And we want to go on, usually the tendency is to go on the opposite side of the spectrum right. where we're like, no discipline. I want to be my child's best friend, best like yep. yeah, besties. And like, we wrote a chapter, uh, a yeah. book on discipline. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a huge thing. And we mm-hmm. talked about it with the story uh, the biblical story of Eli and his sons and how he was in a way wanting to, you know, like be best friends with his sons and didn't call and confront, confront what they were doing. And his, his own sons ended up getting burned, like literally right. burned. And it goes to show like if we if we do actually do love our kids we're we are going to care enough to confront because exactly you don't want them that's what the father does he does i mean you see he, there's an analogy of you know he we are the sheep he is the good shepherd and sometimes shepherds have to if there's a wandering sheep and it keeps wandering out and it, it, it might go off a cliff or might get eaten by a wolf so what the shepherd has to do 
is in a sense, break the sheep's legs. And so if he breaks the sheep's legs, it can't walk anymore, but the shepherd puts the sheep over his shoulders mm-hmm. and he's with them. And, and the, in, in the breaking, in the discipline, mm-hmm. that sheep is like not only healing, but like they're so close mm-hmm. to the shepherd because of the closeness that he never wants to be away from the shepherd and he never wants to wander again, you know? Right. That's what the, the father in a loving way does. Sometimes he allows things. He cares enough to confront things where he says, you're going down a road that is not good. Yeah. I, in my love, I'm going to like confront it and tell yeah. you um, yeah. because I love you. Exactly. And so being that good shepherd for your kids, you can be your, your kid's best friend. That That's great. But there needs to be the priority is being that good shepherd toward them. And we end up being really close. We're really, really close. Yeah. And people would say, it's amazing your relationship you have with your daughter. So I think it comes like what you were talking about culture. Mm-hmm. And there was some psychology going around that don't spec your children because, you know, this or that. And but we talk about that in, in, in the book about that. No, let's go back to what the word of God says. It says if in Proverbs, it just goes on and on and on talking about how there there should be a discipline. Yeah. You know, because then you end up hurting the child with that guilt. They stay with the guilt feeling, I just did something. My parents didn't want to spank me. And it's a hard thing to talk about this, uh, but but it's in the Bible. It's in the word of God. I mean, even Sarah tells a story about something she kept being, like you said, let's go ahead and be real and talk about things that are embarrassing or whatever. And we yeah. said, whatever we need to write just to help people. Yeah. So, and you talk about that experience when you were just kept doing, hiding those vitamins under the the, <laughs> the, the couch and forever and ever, she was feeling like, okay, they don't know. They don't know until we finally found out and how to move the couch to put a Christmas tree pile of vitamins there. Oh and, my God. And so she's like, okay, you know, and we felt bad, like, because in our culture, we were thinking, should we spank up? Should we spank Sarah? You know, and we were kind of afraid to do it, but went back to the word of God again, you know, and said, God's word says uh, to spank, you know, when there's mm-hmm. something there. And my husband talks about it too. He puts the insight from a father that he prayed and never to do it in anger, but mm-hmm. to say, you know, this is going to help my daughter. And you tell you the story about how you felt a relief that she was spanked mm. because of something she did. And mm. they did studies and, you know, in jail that they do something wrong. Sometimes they even do something to be caught, right? Just so they could be sent to jail and feel okay, I'm getting punished for what I did. Yeah. Because my parents didn't never punish me. Right. So now I'm being punished. And, it, you know, there's so much mm-hmm. talk about that, but it, it has nothing to, it, we have to realize what culture am I in? How was I brought up? And is it, let's go back to the word of God again, back to the word of God. That's how we raise children the Jesus way. Yeah. And we talk about discipline too. And doesn't have to be spanking. It could be any form of yes. discipline. Yeah. But I le- uh, the kids know that innately, like we, we uh, give this story in the book about how I, I played tennis in high school and it was, we always were, our season was in the fall, but we always practiced in the summer. Like that was our training camp mm-hmm. and we're from Southern California. So it would get hot during the summer. And I remember being in that hot August uh, sun and it might've been heat stroke, who knows, but I was just, I'm usually very 
calm tempered person, but I like lost it that day because <laughs> my coach was just calling me out and he was like, Sarah, like get up to the net. Like, don't be in no man's land. Like, like he was just like everything I would do. He was like calling me out and focusing, like really just like focusing all of his coaching on me. And I got so frustrated. I threw my racket down and I, I went to sit down and my teammate was sitting next to me. This was after practice. And she's like, Sarah, I noticed your little, um, telenovela, little display, little dramatic, <laughs> little thing that you're doing there. But I, I just want to tell you that like the coach doesn't even know my name. At least mm. he knows you and he cares enough to like mm. call you out. Yeah. And that's what I was like, him calling me out. He knew that I had potential. Yeah. And he cared enough to call me out and to make me better. Yeah. And so in a way, that's what like we kids see innately from our parents, like they actually care about me. Like right. even if I don't like it in the moment, even if they're giving me timeouts or taking privileges away or even spanking, if the Lord leads you to do that, they somehow do care about me. They care enough and they want, they see potential in me mm-hmm. and they want me to be better. Yeah. And I think that that's a, that's a perspective shift for parents exactly. as well. Right. Yeah. And you essentially implement and ingrain that in your kids, because I think like, I mean, for us, when we do discipline our girls, we do try to communicate I'm trying to teach you a better way. Exactly. Yeah. The way that you're doing it right now, that is, this is not going to serve you well moving forward. My youngest is a firecracker. She got her mama's temper before I had a lot of healing. She got her (laughs) grandmother's temper before she got a lot of healing. Like, yeah, she is one of us, but is coming behind generations of women who are trying not to be like driven by our anger. And so she gets so mad and she like blazes and, you know, flames out. And I just like grab her face and be like that anger. I, I don't want the anger to go away. Right. Like emotions were given to us by God. And the hope is that this anger grows and evolves into righteous anger and you change the world. Right. But right now, you can't be a jerk to ev- like, you can't hold us hostage. Yes. You can't be a jerk to everybody. You can't just say whatever comes to mind. And it's like the idea that I care enough. It would be easier to just be like, go to your room, get over it and come back and talk to me. Like then come out when you're ready. Yeah. And yeah. she probably would honestly, cause she has a great recovery rate. But the intentional piece is like, it, even though she's just six, like my hope is that she, there's never a time in her life that she doesn't remember her parents, like getting down on her level and having conversations about her behavior or her actions that communicate, like, I'm not doing this because you're getting on my nerves. I'm not doing this because you're an inconvenience. Like we're having this conversation because I want better for you yeah. than the path that you're on right now. Going back yeah. to exactly what you said about, like, that's exactly how God deals with his children. Exactly. And, and going with piggyback off what you're saying about anger, Blake, you know, anger is an emotion, you know, it can be good at sometimes. I mean, Jesus was angry when he threw the, over the tables, you know, right. temple. The thing is the Bible does say, do not let the, let the sun go down on your anger, which means don't start agreeing. Don't come into agreement exactly. with it. And don't where, sin in your anger. Yeah. Don't sin in your anger and come into agreement where that, that mm-hmm. emotional anger starts to form into unforgiveness 
Yes. Bitterness, rebelliousness. Mm-hmm. That's when it starts to become strong, a stronghold, you know, when that anger is not like the, the emotional anger is not like dealt with and let right, go exactly. and let go in a healthy way. Because if you like can let it become almost a part of your, any of these things, like you can let it become a part of your identity. Exactly. Where the reality is like the entirety of your identity is found in the finished work of the cross. The rest is, is extra because my oldest is, we jokingly say like she has, she's eight. She has accepted Jesus into her heart. Best thing ever. But my husband will jokingly be like, I mean, she was born with a new heart. Like she is the sweetest, kindest, <laughs> like that is not what we have to discipline her for, but there are other things. Yeah. And anger may not be a part of like what could potentially become her identity, yeah. but we're raising them to be like, no, do you get angry a lot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it exhausting? Yes. That's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Go down to the identity that the identity is so key. Yeah. I love that you brought up the point that you said I had anger and then I got healing and my mom had anger and she got healing. And so that's that chapter on strongholds. It's good to talk to our kids yeah. about the weaknesses that we had. A lot of parents don't sit down and talk about it in the way, the reason why we are strong about that and encourage that because we've seen it in our lives. You know, my husband and I, like I said, we came from broken homes. And even though we were doing, we were doing good with the Lord ourselves, but when we had children, we say, okay, we did the part on ourselves and God has gave us so much grace, but now we got to tell our children, you know, about it. And that prepares them for either their own flesh or the enemy. The enemy never knows what's ahead. He knows what's in the past. Yeah. So he says, I was able to get to the grandparents or the parents, you know, in, in this family, in this generation. But when you come a step ahead and tell your children, you know, there's been pride, there's been alcohol, there's been whatever it is, it helps them. Because yes. I remember another podcast we did with a uh, someone that said, yeah, I was talking about this, this chapter on strongholds. I haven't seen a parenting book with this area in it. And it's so beautiful because it helps so much. As she said, I was, I grew up in a, as, as a pastor's kid and I'm pretty much okay. And my teenage kids are going through this stuff. I said, one advice that we said is have them pray over themselves. Mm. So we could pray for our children, but when you teach your children how to pray themselves, Mm. I break off that generational stronghold. I am a new creature in Christ. This started decreeing and declaring who you really are. The enemy just like, okay, I, I lost this battle. I guess yes. she, she knows that she's a child of God and she's not going to walk in, in anger or in pride or this and that. Yeah, It's so amazing that. because and- a lot of parents say, I do, I pray for them and they still keep coming up. And so even as they were young, I taught them to pray against, you know, generational stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And we talk, we about, talk about too in the book too, about even a practical thing of drawing a family tree. And sitting down with your kids and saying, hey, this is the stuff that your dad dealt with and I have dealt with, but like we have a new family tree. That's the tree Mm. of health. You know, his blood, he makes this new creations Christ and his blood is able to conquer anything. And as we as a family work on these things, as we submit every area of our life, we'll submit that anger to the Lord. We'll surrender it to him. That doesn't give the enemy any place to come in and try to, to keep doing. Yeah 
get the keep the cycle going we're submitted and we're surrendered and we have a new family tree that's the tree of calvary I love yes. that. I, yeah. I well, you mentioned also that families are really busy and it's hard to go through this every day, especially if you're working and you yeah. know, all this busyness. So what we did also, because we were busy also during our time, that we touch on these things, you know, in the morning or before they went to bed, uh, touch on some of those things, but we we intentionally use Saturday, we use Saturday when everybody was, you know, home and no school. And then we talk about that. How can we deal with that anger problem or whatever it is this week that you had, or, mm. or that you were impatient with your schoolwork or mm -hmm. whatever it was, then it would be, they start opening up. Yeah. So you have a little bit more time. Yeah. And because it is very hard for uh, families at this time, the way things are so moving so fast. Yeah. But also touch on them. Don't wait till Saturday or a day where you have a day off, but also spend a little bit more time a, a certain day that you have. Yeah, I love that. If somebody that's listening hasn't really put a lot of thought into like what their generational strongholds even look like, where do people start to even start identifying that so that they can like, because you, you even said at the beginning of the episode, like identifying and being aware and knowing what your what the roots are and what you're working on. And this is hard. I'm just going to say from experience, like, it is. especially, I don't know, I'm not even gonna say that. I think in any situation, whether you have a really incredible relationship with your parents, or a really broken relationship with your parents, looking back through your legacy and finding what your strongholds are is hard. And it requires like you to look at it with your life with really honest eyes and to be introspective. Mm -hmm. But do you have any wisdom about that about kind of seeing those things? Yeah. I mean, I, I can speak toward like even me talking to my parents about it. And first of all, Shane would like to keep things hidden, right? Mm -hmm. Shane was always like, don't talk about that. You're the only one that struggles with that. Like yeah. keep it keep it in the dark on the down low. But with the when you expose something, bring light to it, you realize like, oh, you too? Like you dealt with that? Oh, Oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't even know that you dealt with that. I'm dealing with that. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes a conversation with your parents just to realize like you dealt with that and I'm dealing with that. Like that's, that's a stronghold. Like we, yeah. that's something that I need to work on myself. So my kids don't repeat that. Yeah. So even it comes down to a basic conversation with your parents and even the Holy spirit, mm -hmm. he's the best counselor. Yeah. Like you get in the word, you get in the prayer and like, and just ask him like Holy spirit, like what are some things I'm not aware of that you can just reveal to me in prayer that, mm -hmm. that I need to work on that whatever it could be an attitude of the heart, uh, something that your mind and mm -hmm. different things like that. It's good yeah. to sit down with your husband ahead of time and, and write down, you know, this is what I think on my side, because then you're dealing with two sides of the family, right? And all his side, all your side, and all that your two parents went through a lot of work but when you write it down and you say gosh i do see that my parents struggle with that my mom did my dad did and now we're breaking those off yeah because we talk about dr carolyn lee where she talks about that it becomes part of you the way you think oh yeah i mean my dad and i talk about my dad that i grew up with you know an alcoholic dad and which is like i went through a lot of stuff that i needed a lot of healing and now he just moved in with us and he has a little uh, 
grandpa, I was going to call it grandma house, but it's a grandpa yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> Casita that he lives in. But it's just through the years, since my mom passed away a year and a half ago, but it's just so amazing how he's still working on some of the stuff. And we talked about it all of all. And so he's working on some things himself yeah. still. Yeah. He's 83 years old, you right. know, and we're so you never arrive. So be patient with yourself, but it's good to identify what it is that you think on your side, and then even talk to your kids about it. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in that. There's yeah. your kids are so yeah. if you apologize, you know, I yelled at you and I heard I grew up with a lot of yelling. Yeah, let's just say. Yeah. And I am sorry I did that. I repent. And then I think you talk about that. You and Sal talk about that. My parents apologize when they mm -hmm. did wrong. And that just taught That's us huge. how to give grace to each other. Huge. They yeah. taught, they learned that to give, to apologize to their siblings. Yeah. Because they learned apology. And so it's beautiful that you could do that. Yeah. I definitely, I was having a conversation with a friend who was just kind of, starting to see some of these things her kids are younger and a lot of time for me too like your your familial strongholds you're not even really aware of them until you're an active participant in handing them down and for her she was kind of like overwhelmed and was like I don't where do you even start I don't even know how to like okay I see it and I, I told her pretty much exactly what you just said I was like just you start with apologizing mm, yes Start with when you do things that aren't who you are, that aren't a, a fair reflection of the mother you want to be, apologize. Mm -hmm. And then like, I, I, this is what I told her. I was like, you're going to get tired of apologizing. And then you like, that will be a catalyst towards like getting to the root of this and changing your behavior and breaking and it's not going to be easy and it's going to be hard and it's going to be messy and you're not going to do it perfectly and you may get to where your kids are teenagers and you still feel like it's a stronghold yeah. but you've like taken steps towards breaking it and I really think it starts with apologizing to your kids I think that's so huge oh yes, yeah yes. oh yeah yes. yeah thank y'all so <laughs> much for just such an incredible like dynamic conversation about this tell people where they can find and follow you and keep up with everything y'all are doing Yes. Well, um, social media. I'll bring the book up. <laughs> Perfect. It's uh, Sarah with an H M Garcia. And then Mary is Mary B Garcia for Instagram. And um, also we have a, I have a clothing company, Christian clothing company called glorify international. You can find at glorifyinternational.org. And uh, there we post a lot of family resources and posts to help families, including reels and videos and stuff just to really equip families for this the day and age and that's where you can find us awesome thanks so much y'all well it was a blessing and it's always a passion for us to just share and help if any way we can and it's such a blessing to see this ministry that you have it's so beautiful that in your time you know you're pouring out even with younger kids so we always encourage people, it doesn't, it doesn't get better. They'll say, I'll do this later when they get older or, you know, or it, it, it's always busy, but whenever you pour out to someone else, the Lord pours into you so much more. Mm -hmm. So I really thank you for, for doing this podcast and, yes. and thank you for having us here with you too. Yes. Thank you for having us, Blake. 
All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.